This is the Prove Yourself Right podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We hope that you find it encouraging, motivational, and beneficial to you in your day-to-day walk. For all your Prove Yourself Right needs, please follow us on all social media platforms. Also become a subscriber through ACAST, which you can find in a link in our descriptions and our bios through our social medias. Thank you for your time. Thank you for supporting the Prove Yourself Right podcast. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Prove Yourself Right podcast. And I'm your host, Jonathan Rose, and I have my beautiful co-host Shay here with me this morning. How you doing, Shay? Doing great. Happy Sunday. Happy to be here. Yes, and we are coming today to bring another Sunday sermons from Pastor Darius of the Change Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we attended the sermon this morning, and it was amazing, as always. As always. <laughs> and we are here to unpack. And I just want to take a second to thank everybody for their support of the Prove Yourself Right podcast. For sure. We greatly appreciate it, and we hope that we continue to deliver in the ways that y'all find uh, beneficial. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling pretty good today. Beautiful Sunday. Had a good weekend with my lady and some friends. And I don't know. Ain't too much more I can ask for. How you feeling right now, babe? I'm feeling good. You know, I feel like after the message this morning and us unpacking it, I feel like God's working on our maturity. He's mm-hmm. refining us and. I feel ready to be at service, you know, a little bit more faithful than I was yesterday, a little mm. bit more enthusiastic about what lies ahead, you know, yeah. just feeling good. Like you said, we had a great weekend, good times together with good people. And even with that respect, I think God's really being intentional with who he's putting in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think he's helping us be more intentional as well. So just really feeling blessed you know I like it but hey, we in our vibe we done found our little niche and we yeah. just we just experiencing and going through and enjoying and picking up uh little pieces here and there and making sure we getting um fulfillment in the each and every day and we just living y'all that's uh the sum it all up just live your best life man yeah. find fulfillment in the little things man find the fulfillment in the things that you not really that aren't big on your list. Mm-hmm. Take the little things and make them big. Like, just enjoy them, man. Absolutely. Just give them some substance. Let them be of value. Mm-hmm. So, that's our little unpacking. And now we're going to drop the bag on you by <laughs> unpacking this sermon. And today's sermon was titled, I'm Just Here to Serve. I'm Just Here to Serve. So, one more time. I'm Just Here to Serve. Yeah. <laughs> A little dramatic pause. There. I heard you. <laughs> uh, the sermon topic came from Genesis chapter 4, verse 29. And the two opening topics of what Pastor Darius talked about this morning, I'm going to start off with are these. So the first is the person that has finances but no fulfillment will forever feel poor. Mm. The second one is you don't have to be mature to have a dream. You do have to become mature to fulfill one. Oof. All right, now, y'all. Thank you, Pastor Darius, for this message, man. You never cease to amaze us, and you always, always, always on point. And today, man, maturity. I just want to unpack that last one first. You don't have to be mature to have a dream. You do have to become mature to fulfill one. Yeah. If that ain't the truth. 
And like I say, I always make athletic references and I'm, I'm gonna take this one along the same suit, man, just because it fits and I'm sorry, y'all, it's not reality. I'm just telling y'all who I am and what I've experienced and articulating how I see fit and becoming a pro athlete was the dream. Uh, the maturity level came through the journey. So what I'm articulating here is the day the dream became what I wanted, the maturity level wasn't there to achieve it at, at that particular point in time. Mm -hmm. So what I just said, through the journey, I became more mature. Mm -hmm. Now, in that unpacking, I don't I don't want y'all to miss this. It wasn't all goods. I made it pro, the ultimate good, but I had to manage and balance goods and bads to get understanding. Absolutely. So my journey ultimate goal, grand scheme of thing, looking at it now, he made it pro. It must have been good. But the journey taught me so much more through the good and bad that I would not be able to relish in accomplishing the goal without the ups and downs of the journey. Mm -hmm. If it was just good, it would not hit the same, y'all. Mm -hmm. I promise y'all. Became a professional champion in 2016, my first professional year. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have hit the same if the few months before that I wouldn't have got dismissed from the University of Nebraska my senior year 2015 last hoorah I got dismissed it happens uh, I've unpacked it before but for the sake of this argument and this discussion I'm giving background on how in a matter of 365 days a lot changed yeah and the fulfillment and how I feel about it would not hit right now how it hits without enduring what I went through. So, like I said, senior year 2015, kicked out, dismissed from Nebraska. Come back to do my pro day, blah, blah, blah. They give me the opportunity. It's like, hey, people make mistakes, but we're going to allow you to finish what you started working towards. Mm -hmm. So, they let me come back and do pro day, blah, blah, blah. Then they end up in the NFL contracts, got two. Um, rookie mini counts with the Titans and the Seahawks and then nothing pan out. I go home, get a call to go up to the CFL. And at this moment, y'all, I'm still disappointed in myself. Y'all got to think about it. I'm still disappointed. Ah, I almost let the dream slip by not sticking to the script of what I was supposed to do to manifest the dream. And then it comes back into fruition. I go, I get this, what I call a one-off chance. I was like, bro, I don't know nothing about the CFL. They already... In camp, I'm coming in at the back end. I was like, bro, this is just a this is just a camp body experience. Like they're gonna use me for to get them to the season, I'm gonna be gone. I get there, I work hard, I earn everything I believe I was supposed to have. I still came in with the energy, like, okay, I set myself back, but this is an op. Take advantage, Rose. I locked in. Long story short, that same year I make the team, the team wins its first championship as the Ottawa Red Blacks. My first professional championship. My first championship, again, since high school. I ain't won a championship since high school, y'all. I'm back. Now, that's the whole backstory, man. The maturity I learned along that journey of ups and downs and dismissals and uh, graces from other people to find grace within myself and juggling school, being an athlete in my personal life. I learned so much that when I got to the pinnacle to 2016 to do it that one time. I don't know if I if I would have did something different in 2016, it might have altered the outcome. Mm -hmm. But 
I was so resilient because I said, ooh, you done slipped up too many times, Rose. Right your wrongs right here. I locked in. A lot of us need to find that. Don't let the things you done did and that's been done to you beat you down so much that when your opportunity come, you fumble it. You forfeit it. Oh, I don't want it. I ain't, I ain't at my best right now. I'm tired. No, 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 no. Because we don't know when it's going to come back around. And mm -hmm. Some of us can even down to the energy feeling to articulating no a moment in time where we let ourselves down and we'd be like, ooh, if I could get that back, knowing we supposed to, we weren't supposed to get it in the first place. Mm -hmm. So to think that we should get it back is like asinine. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Because you weren't even supposed to get that one. And then you telling me you fumbled and you wanted another one? Boy, 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 we got some high expectations with some low uh work ethic. Mm -hmm. One more time. Ooh, we got some high expectations with a low piss poor work ethic. That's so tough. So, Shane, I want you to talk about the person that has finances, has no fulfillment. No, my bad. The person that has finances, but no fulfillment will forever feel poor. Talk to me about that. I think, you know, Pastor talking about the highest form of compensation is mm -hmm. fulfillment is real. Mm -hmm. You know, and like, it's a real thing to know the difference. He's like, if money is all you want, your standards are too low. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important because the fulfillment comes from being at service, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It comes from letting God to use you and see how you can be used to impact those around you or those you run into and the people that cross your path, right? Mm -hmm. Like the ultimate form of feeling good is to serve others. Mm. And I think money really, unless you can use it as a tool to be generous and things of that nature, a lot of the time only comes to be direct service of us, mm. right? It only really helps the person who's accounted in, you know? Um, and so I think it's being able to compartmentalize the two and look past that, that if you allow money to, if you allow God to be your provider for mm. money and all things, and you focus on how you can be used by him, you'll get that feeling of fulfillment. Yeah. But that comes with a lot of maturity to see past the surface things and to dig deeper than what everyone else is telling you is the most important thing, which is money. Yeah. What can you buy? Which can you possess? What can you show people you've got? You know, like it's yeah. easy to think that that's the things that make you feel more important and valuable. But then you got to ask yourself to who mm. are those the people who I think their opinion hold value? Should they hold value? You know? And so I think that's really important. And, Pastor saying that really resonated with me because Pastor also said that fulfillment is hidden in clarity. Mm -hmm. And so confusion, when you're in confusion, it's an act of war. It's like yeah. a form of warfare in our minds. And it's the enemy trying to mismanage, trying to have us mismanage our decisions, our actions, our next move, to make no move, mm -hmm. to be stuck in fear. Like being confused is a clear indication that, all right, I need to seek God. I need to pray on this. I need to figure out how to show up, how to put one step in front of the other. Like Nip says, we've heard him say that, like mm -hmm. stay 10 toes down. Mm -hmm. The second you find yourself being paralyzed in fear, you know it's the enemy trying to stop you from doing something great. Right. And I want to extend this conversation. So we were just talking about the person that has finances, but no fulfillment will feel poor and you just gave that breakdown I want you to take it further and say I get all the money I, I want how do I address my other issues when I'm so financially stable so stay with me like most of our 
celebrities and people of status are financially stable because mm -hmm. of the entities they in, especially like people of my entity, like NFL players. Everybody know, yeah. regardless of being a football player, you make a lot of money in some kind of sense. You mm -hmm. ain't you ain't making the regular nine to five wage. So since people know we're or those people of those um, spaces have money, how do they address their other issues? Because we watch the pivot, we watch I am yeah. athlete, and we got guys I've been watching my whole life. And they boomed in the sport, but then they come off and tell how they were so broken of men. Yeah. How do we, because I'm, I'm saying it from a we perspective, because I come from a demographic of some of those men trying to become a pro athlete to get out of my financial situation that I've been living mm -hmm. my whole life. I wanted to make sure my mom and daddy could get the houses and all the luxuries and things that we should have. Yeah. And I felt like we should have them because I could go out there and earn it, which, like I said, making it to the league and it being life-changing, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, how do we start to address these other issues in our life? Because what we somebody said it the other day, babe, we running from being poor that we forget everything else. Somebody yeah, was talking about that. Yeah. I forget how it went, but mm -hmm. somebody was saying like how they just didn't want to go back to being poor when they were younger. So that's what drove them. Mm -hmm. But that also creates traumas and insecurities. When do we get to address those when we're always chasing and trying to stay so financially stable, what about our, our mental states? What about our souls? What about our hearts? What about our interactions with people? Yeah. I think, you know, it talks about maturity. Mm -hmm. I think knowing the difference and what's really important is is spiritual maturity and maturity overall. So I think some people who are financially well off, like you said, doesn't mean that they're good. Mm -hmm. You know, and God's got a different plan for everybody. God will put some people who aren't financially stable but more mentally mature or spiritually aligned in those situations too because he knows that person can handle stepping up the finances. Yeah. Cause they got the clarity that God needs to use them to allow them to for him to provide for them. Yeah, Do you know what I'm something. saying? You said something. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, like I feel like everyone's journey is different because God knows what each of us can handle and bear. Mm. Sometimes people unfortunately have the finances, but God knows darn if that one thing slipped, they may not even be here. Yeah. They can't handle the day-to-day -day adversities. And beyond that, they might have the finances but don't have the management skills. Ooh. Come on. There's a lot of different things. Everyone's got their own their own adversities they got to fight through. Everyone's mm. got to show God that they can be trusted with more. Mm. But it's a matter of being obedient, yeah. you know, staying the course, um, asking yourself those questions, unpacking the things that we do to be better aligned with, is this what God wants from me? Is this a part of the things that he wants to use me for? Like I always say to you, you've got amazing talent. And football is something you're great at. But anytime you meet people, what they love the most about you is your heart. Right. It's your personality. Football's been the tool that's allowed you to be in the same spaces with them. But the favor God's put on you um, is because of who you are and God knows your heart and God wants to use you. He's just allowing football to be a vessel. Yeah, and that, that takes, like you just said, maturity because this uh, one percenters lifestyles of artists, athletes, uh, your higher up business people, when you're in a class of your own, I, I classify it as like the one percenters there. Like you have to have a specific skill base and you also have to uh, deliver at a certain um, like level and caliber. Yeah, like level, it's a high, yeah. That everybody else doesn't have to, but to hold that certain spot you do. And yeah. some people can do it uh, a little bit easier than others, but that that uh, pedestal comes with a lot of X, Y, Z that mm -hmm. people don't tell you about. Come on. Like I say, I always use our most successful athletes like Tom Brady and uh, LeBron James. 
people want to shoot for that stardom, but I'm telling you the the backlash and the baggage and the weight. Woo. <laughs> the weight that come with it. I don't think a lot of us can tote oh, that, man. Yeah. No matter that, like I say, we can see here, oh, that's a flourishing life. Oh, I could, if I could be in his shoes, I would be living good, boy. You don't know what you would do. <laughs> You're looking at all the externals. 100%. What about that internal that you that you can't see that he carrying? Can you hold that too? I know you can hold that million in one hand, but can you hold that heartbreak and, and traumas and insecurities in another hand? I don't know. Exactly. Because <laughs> that million feels so good. I want to put million in both hands, but life don't work like that. The millionaires... Still experience grief, life, death, all that that we experience. They just happen to have uh, finances. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm talking finances so specifically because that's what our world is ran off of. Like stocks and bonds and haves and have nots. And yeah. if you if you can afford, you can have. If you can't afford, you take what you can afford. You feel me? You don't get to mm -hmm. play middle ground. Everybody don't get to have everything. Some people have a luxury of being able to get. Some people might not ever get to the point where they can have certain things. And yeah. that's just life. But the maturity thing I want to go back to too because Pastor talked about these three things today. Supporters, skeptics, and cynics. Mm -hmm. And through my journey, I bumped into them all and still deal with them all on day to day. And not even being of my entity, like professional athlete stuff, day-to-day -day regular people bump into these people too, but uh, we see them differently. Like I, the way I see them may not be how Shana sees them mm -hmm. because they show up based on our situations, circumstances, and spaces. Absolutely. So in my space supporters, I had to have discernment too early, if that makes sense. I was mature ring. I was mature ring. I wasn't mature at the a specific time and space, but my discernment, I know one there because I just started developing discernment within these last four years. So mm -hmm. when I go back to supporters, man, anybody that encouraged me, I let them hop in the bandwagon in a sense, because the way pastor said it, people that believe in the vision, mm -hmm. that's what they support is. That's not what I was letting hop on my bandwagon. Anybody that say, hey, J-Ro, boy, you good. Get on in there, man. <laughs> they ain't see the vision. They just telling you, J-Ro, you good. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what your vision is, but you're good at what you do. But boy, yeah. I don't know if you go. But then I got my, grand, my, my grandmama, my daddy, my family. Like, hey, boy, you stick to the script. X, Y, Z, they can articulate it better. Mm -hmm. They're not fans. <laughs> mm -hmm. A fan is a person that watches you do what you do. And then once you're not doing what you do, they're not watching you no more. Mm -hmm. A supporter is with you every step of the way. That's it. I should have started off with that. I just gave y'all a great brain. I should have started off with that one. <laughs> but as an athlete, my discernment wasn't high enough. So everybody that was cheering was a supporter. Nah. That's, and that's where my detriment fell off right there. That's why I say being naive will cost you more mm -hmm. than going out there seeking knowledge. Yeah, it's hard and, and you expose yourself by not knowing things. But to not know is the only way to know. So, basically what I'm saying, I went through it the blind way. Oh, boy, everybody loves me, smiley, rosé, till somebody shot me in the back. Mm -hmm. Ah, who was that? It ain't number of supporters back here. Wrong. Discernment made me realize some people wanted to stick around until I failed. Yeah. Because <laughs> they just wanted to know that I was going to fail, but mm -hmm. they couldn't make it seem obvious because they knew I was going to kick them off the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. So, what they did, they played their role. They, um, be, uh, being a chameleon, they blended in. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, bro, I ain't gonna stand out. Oh, I love Rose too. But the day he falls down, then they get louder. If you if you think about those people, and mm -hmm. we don't bump into them, they was loud 
when you they were supporting you and y'all was getting down and it was good, they got louder when you fell down. Yeah. Bro, y'all see, bro, I told y'all he wasn't going to, bro, you didn't talk this loud when we was, oh, you was waiting on this what you was here for. I couldn't see that stuff. So maturity and discernment goes hand in hand. What do you got to unpack on the supporters piece, babe? You know, I think when Pastor talked about supporters, it was those, like you said, that really believe in you. Mm. You know, when you talk about your family and after meeting them and like spending mm. time with them, it was so clear that they believed in you. Mm -hmm. You could have done, you could do and could have done anything and they would have still they believed in the vision because <laughs> they believe in you. You know, they know your heart. They love the man you are, the man you're becoming. I think that's the difference, right? A supporter is somebody who is full of faith. Yeah. You know, they believe in God. They believe in you. So they believe in the vision. I think that's the difference. I think some of the other ones, like you said, we're talking about those who may have may have really been like cynics and were just pretending to be supportive. They just wanted an up close seat to see what felt what feels like to them is your downfall. But to us, we know God will use anything for good. And not to cut you off, babe, but does and I'm just asking you right now. Have you had cynics in your life? Of course. Were they people you considered like friend, best friend, like people you were interacting with more frequently than the, others? Yeah, there are people who I gave access to. Oh, that's the craziest thing. Yeah. I just needed to hear that because it was like those, when I heard Pastor Unpack Cynics, I was like, man, that was my partner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he and was there the whole time. He seen what yeah. I went through. He still switched up on me. Yeah. Why? It, it's a lack of discernment, like you oh. said. right? And it's Pastor, when he talked about the cynics, I think the part that really resonated for me is he was like, they're scarred, right? So it's in their trauma that they behave this way. Oh. And that's where you got to have a level of compassion for those people. They don't got to be close, nor do they get access, but compassion nonetheless. Right. To like pray and hope for the best, but no one keep them at bay. And the crazy part, my bad y'all if I misinterpret this, but that last per people and persons I was talking about were the skeptics. Mm -hmm. Those were the people that had more doubt than faith. Yeah. So they was my, that was what I was saying, man, that was my dog. He was with me the whole way, but he was, he was lacking faith the whole way to who I don't know if bro gonna have this but he wouldn't tell me but he holding that mm -hmm, energy mm -hmm. and those type people be with you going into the battle and you wondering why wow what's that weird feeling because their energy is negative yeah. and you going into it thinking oh boy we both all in and they partial yeah and you wondering why the energy ain't right because somebody's holding back somebody's exuding something that they're not telling you they actually believe because what they're telling you is, boy, I got full faith in you. But they, what they really have is, uh, if he fail, I'm going to make sure I'm over here a little bit just in case he don't feel like it was I was a part of that with him. Like, they don't mm -hmm. believe it wholeheartedly like he told you. Hey, bro, I'm, I'm ten toes down with you. That went, that ain't ten toes. Mm -hmm. That only thing, that's five toes the way your energy is feeling. Yeah. But, like I said, they, they play such crucial roles in our life. Sometimes they blend in like chameleons and, and we don't really... We're not able to use our discernment at that time because it's not a red flag because it's, it's normal to us. Mm -hmm. like that's that's um, little JoJo from when I was five. I, I'm, JoJo's still cool, but you don't know what happened to little little Johnny as years went on and he seen you thrive. He and he stopped thriving and uh, he saw you flourish in an area that he wanted a little bit of flourishing in. But he was like, "All right, well, I'll stay next to him because he's in everything I want. So eventually, it'll come. It'll rub off on me." But guess what? All that was though selfish. He, it had nothing to do with you. He was just hoping that something fell off in his lap because of you. He not hoping that you go get something and you keep growing. Nah, he was hoping that some of your growth, give me some of that. Let me get some. If I don't get nothing, 
nothing from it, I don't care where you go. Yeah. But if you give me half, okay, I'm, I'll go with you the whole way. But you want me to give you half of something you, you didn't put in on? Some people will do that to you. But I'm about to finish it up, babe. The cynics. I'd rather you be a cynic. And the way Pastor broke a cynic down, they don't believe it's possible and or they don't believe it's possible for you. And it's straight up. They don't they don't sugarcoat it. They ain't going to play your friend. They're going to be, it's that person in the crowd. Hey, you suck. Just because you ain't on his team. You know why? He don't care about how your morale is. Mm -hmm. I want you to feel bad so my team can get the upper hand. I don't believe in you. And those are them cynics. They want you to fail so bad so they can get fulfillment. Yeah. Whatever he fails in, I ain't even in that round. But once I see him fail, ha, I'm better than you. Somehow, some way, I'm better. So you got to watch those people because they, those are the, what I consider the devil. Those are people that don't care about anything flourishing. Just give me me. Yeah. Everybody else in this world can die. Just give me me. What? You don't care about your mama? Give me me. You don't care about your kids? Give me me. Dang, it's me me for everybody. You got to watch those people because they blend in well in this world because they don't get triggered until it hits them somewhere. It's a, it's a target on them. And so that's why I say good people trigger bad people without doing anything yeah. whatever their insecurity falls in that circle once you trigger that they will look at you differently no matter what role you play in their life because that's a that's sensitive to the me 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 person so the you 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 don't matter i don't care what about you no more because you hurt me now mm -hmm. and that's all that matters to me never was it you yeah no and exactly and i think pastor just talking about that and unpacking it allows us to you know reevaluate and take a look at our own lives and mm -hmm. see you know, where you should place people and just having that level of discernment and praying on it is critical because it's important to ensure you got like emotional intelligence and relational intelligence, like Pastor always says. Man, so we at the halfway mark and I want to throttle down with my final highlights. And Shana, I want you to unpack this for me. Pastor Darius talked about this today. And this is my articulation. He said, trauma causes traits. You either learn to manage how you feel and exude hurt and pain, or you begin to be navigated by it. What does maturity have to do with that statement, babe? I think that, you know, pastor says sometimes, like you said, trauma causes traits. And mm -hmm. so we can become what we weren't intended to be. And so if you are a people pleaser, because, you know, once you vocalize not wanting something and it went terribly for you, you then navigate the world thinking that you've got to, Say yes to everything, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. at your own detriment. And so when we talk about maturity, it comes with a level of ability to unpack and be critical with yourself about how you got to where you are and what needs to change. Mm -hmm. And then the piece of like applying it, right? Applying it for, for a better life, applying it so that you can live a blessed life and not allow other people to feel blessed at your suffering, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's kind of what pastor was alluding to and I think that really resonated I think it's hard to stand against the grain but I think there's a lot of service you do for yourself and others when you stand in your truth yeah and um my addition to that is like I know I talk about our divine parent a lot but when we got together and we started doing this podcast and we started talking about having tran being transparent and having transparent conversations to be more open with each other like why are we hiding from the people that we want to love us and support us and do that so when we start having those conversations, I started to talk to myself with more intentionality and more accountability because I can now do it to somebody that ain't me. Now I can really sit down and go Jonathan on Jonathan and be like, okay, why did you allow X, Y, Z 
to become your reality. Mm -hmm. Because, and what I'm saying, y'all, when I learned how to unpack it with a different person, like a Shayna, and she got her own mind and she's going to interpret it how she interpreted it. Once I realized, okay, well, she took it. Cool. Why can't I give myself that same grace mm -hmm. and do a breakdown, unpacking of my XYZs of why I am who I am? Because mm -hmm. it's me. Why can't I talk to me about it as smoothly as I talk to Shayna about it? So I address that. I, I meditate a lot. I will sit down at a table and write talking to myself. I was like, bro, why you feeling this way? Bro, why you talk to yourself so rough? And through my journey and process of doing that, I have become a better person because now I can be graceful to myself because I've answered the questions that I've been asking myself. When you leave questions unanswered from self, nobody else in this world can fill that void or give you a proper answer. Yeah. Just like I just told you about the person you trigger unconsciously. That is not a you thing. You are going to do that anyways because of who they are though. Mm -hmm. How they see themselves, you are going to, if I'm um, giving a baseball reference, Boy, get up to the plate, hit a home run, and his homie mad because he didn't hit a home run. That ain't had nothing to do with you. Regardless of you hitting that home run, he was going to feel that way because he don't have what he wants. Yeah. It had nothing to do with you. But sometimes it gets articulated as we're doing too much or we're uh, trying to show out in a sense like mm -hmm. or, or bragging to people. No, you're not bragging. They just don't have. So anything you do is going to seem like a brag to just them. Sure. Because if you get around somebody else that got... Something of their own fulfillment, they don't look at yours as anything. That's... Because they got theirs. They was like, bro, I didn't even want what you wanted. But somebody that don't got anything, once you get yours, they're like, bro, why you get what you want? They just have to. They have to piggyback things to give them rationale. Mm -hmm. it, it, it can't be a real rationale they just don't have. Nah, that don't make sense. It got to be a reason, like I told y'all in previous podcast. It got to be an XYZ why I don't have. Why can't the reason you don't have just be solely... You. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, nah, it ain't me. Oh, it ain't me. It's somebody else. Okay. So the person that been walking around in them dusty shoes you got on ain't did nothing. But you got the receipts. You look like you done been through something. But nah, I ain't do nothing. Uh-uh. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I ain't. It's got to be the world. Okay. And that's why accountability was my word for so long. Because mm -hmm. I always knew if I continue to point fingers and never look at anything from my perspective of being involved in it, where would I be able to go? I won't be able to go nowhere because I'm always going to be trapped behind this lens of why is this happening to me and I'm not doing anything? Because that's false. Because I am doing something to reciprocate what I'm getting. Facts. Take that accountability is all I'm trying to say. And that's all we had today, man. Pastor Darius, thank you for giving us this message and just taking us into a deep discussion, man, giving us more clarity about self. He's been talking clarity a lot these past couple of sermons and that word is just a lot in itself when you find clarity over yourself you find clarity over your life when you have clarity over situations you don't stress you don't feel as anxious you you kill the anxious insecurities in your mind when you address stuff and when you address stuff like i just said it gives you the word clarity try it and watch how it unlocks and opens so many doors that you been knocking on for so long. You're like, how do I get in here? Get a better understanding of what the situation um, upholds and entails. And you'll probably have a better understanding of how to get that door open. A hundred percent. And all it sounds like we're trying to say is clarity gives us better direction. Mm. And God wants us to be clear. At some time, you're going to have to risk the what to gain your why. 
I'm gonna leave y'all with that. I'm not even gonna do an unpacking. That's just for y'all to take, ponder around, and see it how you see it, not how we see it. You don't have to prove anything to anyone, but you will always have to prove everything to yourself. God bless. God bless.